Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast. I am your host, Susie Hunter, and we have an incredible guest today, an absolute legend, the man who led the Rockies to their only World Series appearance for now. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Clint Hurdle. Round of applause. <laughs> Thank you for clapping for yourself. <laughs> well, I that's that ensures somebody clapping for Someone me, right? well, somebody's clapping for me. obviously have a very like huge studio audience in this tiny studio no uh, i'm so happy you're here i'm so happy that you made time for us during this uh, trip to denver do you want to tell us what you're in denver for well i'm in denver to do your podcast yes i just happen to be tomorrow night i'll be the keynote <laughs> speaker at colorado christian university's hall of fame fundraiser it's that's my side hustle this is my deal. This is the main hustle. This is, the this is what you came in for. That's right. Uh, I appreciate your time. Uh, we're so grateful. Uh, we're going to just talk about some of your favorite memories. Uh, now, looking back on 16 seasons ago was that y'all were in the World Series. Crazy. That's too many years. It is too many years. It doesn't feel like that many years. You know, at times it doesn't either for me, and, and times mm -hmm. it does, if that makes any sense. But. Mm -hmm. The fact that you can say 16 years ago we were in a World Series, okay, there's people that never thought we'd be in a World Series. Mm -hmm. You know, hope is a special sauce for baseball. Yeah. What do they say every <laughs> spring? Hope springs eternal. Yes. So, you know, there's hope. And I think sometimes your best hope leveraged opportunities. We lost over 100 games this year. So everybody, a lot of people are out. Not everybody's out. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, that's not going to happen. Sometimes that's the I think investors will tell you that's the best time to push in, put all your chips in, right? Listen, if this was a stock market, boom, that's when go. you buy. Okay. Buy. All right. So basically you're saying that listening to this podcast is an investment. I do. It is an investment. It's an investment of time. And there's truly what the best currency we got going, right? Spend yeah. time with one another. Exactly. Sure. I love that. We're going to get some life lessons. I always say Clint Hurdle's actually my life coach. You're doing a great job. <laughs> I'm I, annoying, I, but I'm successful. I, I'm, I'm going to ask others uh, on how successful I'm doing, being your life coach. But yes, successful, I'll go with. Annoying, I'm not so sure. I haven't spent enough time around you. Mm, okay. Um, you have a creative lens. I've told you that time and time and time again, Susie. Some of the stuff you come up with, I'm just kind of like, wow, where'd you get that? Oh, but I get it. Thank you. I get it. I've got a, I've got a daughter. You, you do? Know, right? Yeah, I've got a daughter. It's 38, and she's got a, her own view of things, which keeps me neutralized. Yes. I was going to say, you consult your daughter now that you are doing more and more of your own social media presence. My daughter is my go-to. My son's another go-to. Mm -hmm. I have a son. Christian is actually, we just celebrated one month of college investment time at the Culinary Institute of America Ooh. in Hyde Park, New York. My Congratulations. Son, my son wants to grow up as of right now to be a pastry chef and a baker. He retired at the age of four from baseball, Susie. Oh, my god! And gosh. as a man of his word, he never looked back. How, how does a four-year-old <laughs> tell you I'm never playing baseball again to uh, their dad, who obviously has made their entire life about baseball? It was after his first t-ball season, four years old. He actually came up to me right after the team party because I let everything play out. I actually got recruited to coach about halfway through the year. It was here, Endeavor. I got fired in 09. He started playing in 09. And I got asked to coach like right away. And I told the coach, look, I'm going through a midlife crisis right now. I just got fired. 
I really wasn't, but I just tried to say, no, I, I'm good. Just let me watch. <laughs> my boy, just let me watch. You're four-year-olds. I think you got this. Yeah. But he kept coming back to me, and eventually the peer pressure overwhelmed me, and I, I had to make out the, you know, I had to put the line, make sure they hit in the lineup. I didn't make out the lineup. I had to make sure they hit in their turns. Oh, my that gosh. That lot of responsibility That's for the level of actual hands-on management that four-year-olds need. And you know what? Yeah, I went from managing a team in the World Series to making sure the four-year-olds hit in their turn. And I pulled it off. What Now, in that but, moment, is that like, oh, this is hilarious? Or is it like, what is happening with no, my life? No, it's hilarious. <laughs> the whole story's hilarious because I turned him down two or three times <laughs> until he finally told me the pressure he felt he was under me watching him coach and I kept I kept going coach they're four <laughs> you know I don't know how much coaching you're going to get to do and from my what I'm seeing it's not a lot but God bless you that you're out here and thank you mm -hmm. but I think you got this but then finally I just said okay I'm in I'll help but at the end of the, at the end of the, the season and the party I Christian I said okay buddy what do you got how was it? He looked at me, he goes, Dad, just like this. He goes, Dad, way too intense. I'm out. And I went, what? He goes, way too intense. I'm, I know. What was this? He goes, well, that's what they do to you when you walk off the mound after some of your pitchers get, don't do well. So he had picked up some, you know, some signs. But he said, I'm out, and he's been out ever since. He meant it. Maddie has watched more games with me than Christian, but it's okay. Christian's had his thing. And he's grown me up in different ways through his sports. Mm -hmm. Maddie's the one that will watch a baseball game from the announce, you know, the lineups being announced to the last pitch to even after that. So I find my way. You, you know what? It sounds like you, uh, I mean, obviously you love your family a lot. It sounds like you have an amazing family. I have to say, though, I mean, I'm sure there are perks to having a kid who's a major league baseball player. But the perks of your son is a pastry chef. Okay, that sounds I'm amazing. No, that's, I'm, in. You're, I'm just saying I can't wait to watch how this play out. You've got it. You've got it going right now. That's right. I love this for you. We actually do have some questions in the chat. We have a, a super chat from Burge seventy one or seven F ninety one. All right. Um, uh, so Burge wants to know, uh, Clint, why have the Rocks lacked behind other MLB orgs like the Dodgers or the A's? Over time and player development, LA has money, but the cash-strapped A's find a way to win 90-plus games sometimes. So, uh, I mean, what, what is your take on the Rockies? How do we solve baseball at elevation? I, I think, well, we, we've solved it in the past. There have been trips to the postseason. Mm -hmm. But you want to have a, a formula or a process or product, mm -hmm. a team that has sustainable success. Um, I was gone a long time. My last year here was 09. Yep. So I was gone for over 12 years. Mm -hmm. And I've been back for two. And 90% of my focus has been in player development. And I think basically to the points that were made by, is it, who is it? Burge. 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 Burge, Burge yeah, your bud. No, we're trying to flex up our player development program because some of the areas we haven't probably done as well as we would like to is developing starting pitching. Mm-hmm. Um, our position player pool, the last two drafts, we've taken less players than ever before and more pitching than ever before. You know, close to probably over 30 pitchers in the last two drafts out of the 42 or so draft opportunities we've had. However, the position players we've, we've drafted have already started to show promise. But we are trying to improve our entire player development system. 
Um, well, I, in the past, I can't answer for the past. Yes. You know, and, and I, at the, the ownership there, I was in Pittsburgh mm-hmm. from, from 11 through 19. But I do know we felt there was improvements that needed to be made. I think Chris Forbes and Jesse Stender, who are in charge of that program, overseeing it, are doing a, doing a solid job. We've added three different elements to our pitching program. We have Doug Linton as a pitching coordinator. We have Flint Wallace as an analytics major. He came from the ranch. This guy knows, you know, the analytical uh, movement, spe- uh, special delivery opportunities for pitchers, the the motion, the movement. Flint Wallace is a good man, and we took the former pitching coach Steve Foster and also put him to kind of oversee the bow. So there's more emphasis on pitching than ever before because we know for us to figure this thing out here, mm-hmm. it starts off the mound. Yeah, yeah, that is, uh, and I mean, we have noticed, like us, the media, Rockies fans especially, too, we've picked up a lot of pitching, especially this year, too. You know, between the draft, between the trade deadline, it was so fun to see so much activity at the trade deadline because that's something we missed out on last season. Well, we've, you know, the last last season, you're right. And even as history has told us, there hasn't been a lot of activity over the trade, line, the trade deadline in the past. The, the focus on pitching is real. Billy Schmidt, you know, who's been in Rocky for a long time and mm-hmm. is the reason I'm back, he asked me to come back and help and specifically help in player development mm-hmm. with the young pitchers, the young players, and the development of the coaches and managers. But his emphasis has been on accumulation and depth of starting pitching and the relievers. So he's done that job uh, with the draft. We've done that in the trades. We're also looking on the margins and on the edges, how to bring other people in. This year was unfortunate. We lost so many pitchers at the major league level. Yeah. So we had to have an HOV lane to get people up. An HOV them. lane. I well, see it, yeah. It's an <laughs> HOV lane because, you know, you you think, well, he may need a little more of this, or we'd like to do a little bit here. In some cases, we just had to get people up there that we thought could compete and not drown. Yeah. And knew it would be hard, and mm-hmm. there would be some struggles. But I think the sweat equity that we were able to gain this year with our position players and our starting pitching, young starting pitching, and young relievers is going to pay us dividends moving forward. I mean, there are some guys in the well on the topic of pitching still who kind of have figured it out. Like Herman Marquez has been so good; it's so unfortunate not having him all of this season. Kyle Freeland, born and bred for this, basically. Um, uh, I guess, what do you look for in a pitcher who is kind of quote unquote figured it out up here? Well. You know, there's probably needs to be another level of tough, another, I should say, another layer of tough. Yeah. You know, for the skin. Um, Herman has figured it out. Sensatel has figured it out. Those three guys, mm-hmm. Freeland, we brought them in. We honored the, the work that they'd done uh, and the work they were going to do with the contracts that they received. Uh, they all have committed to being, you know, Rockies. They want to be here. And that's a hard part to get people that want, want to be here. Mm-hmm. And from a pitching perspective, you can understand why a lot of the free agents, you know, the premium ones, we may not be able to get anyway, economically speaking. But a lot of the ones on the edges, we're not their first choice. Mm-hmm. That's just the reality of the situation. But there are men out there that we've brought in in the past that have shown the ability to be resilient, to be tough, to find a way. As Aaron Cook just said last week in our uh, instruction, camp, you just need to pitch better than the other guy. As yeah. a starter, that's your job. Pitch better than the other guy. Mm-hmm. And we'll figure everything else out as the game goes on. Yeah, um, a lot to figure out, definitely. We're going to get back to this topic in just a second. But first, we have to talk about our friends at Fubo TV. Shout out to Fubo TV. It is the least expensive way to watch the most Denver sports, the most Colorado sports. 
it's it's absolutely incredible and you can watch the best thing you can watch while you're on the road you can stream live tv from any of your devices and you can start watching immediately too they have a free trial going on you're going to head to fubotv.com slash dnvr to get 15 percent off your first month of fubo pro but you're going to enjoy no contract no cable no hassles just sign up and start watching Plus, you are getting a thousand hours of cloud DVR included, no extra charge. Watch your local teams while you're traveling too. I do that a lot because I can't stay put. But you're getting college football, you're getting Broncos. It's going to be a good fall, guys. It's going to be a good fall. You'll get the Avs, you'll get the Nuggets. So yeah, watch all of your favorite college football, NFL, and more with Fubo. Again, that's FuboTV.com/dnvr to get 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. All right, let's talk about. I'm gonna circle back to pitching. You've been in the baseball world for a very long time. Have you ever seen an organization lose the amount of starters that the Rockies have lost in the span of a season? In the span of just a like an early season. Yeah, I, I, I don't have much to relate it to other than one year, and it's basically became a staple for me moving forward as mayor. We lost maybe three or four of our starting pitchers the last eight days of spring training when Dan and I were here. Oh, my gosh. It was like the worst-case scenario that you could imagine, and we had to find a way to patch up, and it, it, it wasn't pretty. And we ended up taking some guys that had some years in the bullpen, moving them into the starting rotation, and then we had a very young bullpen, which cutting the teeth out there wasn't very good either. Mm. So really, in my own personal experience, it wasn't it wasn't anything. It was in Colorado probably, what, 18, 19 years ago mm -hmm. that I saw that many starters run out. But you know what? That's because that's this is where we live. Mm -hmm. I'll bet if, you, if we actually dug into it, there's other I'm bad sure it's, stories it's out there. Happened. It happened. Yeah. Happens. Um, that's but it happened what, to us too that's recently. That's when it's more important, obviously, and that's that's the space we're in. But I, I think that just goes to prove again how everybody talks, you know, about depth of a farm system. And it's another thing we're trying to create is depth in your farm system. Look how far we had to go for starting pitching. If we ranked our guys and the guys here being one through six or seven, and then you say, okay, so eight through fourteen are going to be in AAA, and then fifteen through twenty-two are going to be in. Mm -hmm. We got to 22 at some point in time this year. I mean, we yeah. we just kept having to go to go get people. So lessons learned. Mm -hmm. And again, incredible opportunity for a lot of these pitchers, and not just at this level, Susie, because there were guys in A ball that moved up to Double A and got mm -hmm. meaningful innings. There were guys in Double A in Hartford, your old hometown, my old home. They yeah, got moved mm -hmm. up to Albuquerque and had to pitch at the lab. And and the hard part, people in Denver may not realize, it may be more challenging to pitch in Albuquerque yeah. than it is in Denver, just based on the conditions, the elevation, and, and the, the air, and the infield grass is kind of quick, so yeah. it's tough. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no, I got the chance to actually watch some games at Albuquerque I earlier saw, this yeah. season. Love Albuquerque. But, yeah, it's the same elevation, the same, you know, pitching issues that you have up here. So, I mean, that at least, you know, well, that makes perfect. it an you gotta accurate double or triple A team. You have to have it. And that's one of the reasons I think they call it the lab. The lab. We can experiment some, with some things down there <laughs> that they're going to eventually have to deal with in course. Oh, the lab isn't a Breaking Bad reference. It's not a Breaking... Well, it may be. You know, maybe I, it is. It may be. <laughs> it may be. 
Uh, I do want to address some of the questions. Burge, I will get to the rest of yours in just a second. But Nathan hopping in here saying, Clint, who is the hitting prospect outside of Thompson, Beck, Fernandez, Amador that we may be sleeping on? Are there any are there any good hitting prospects outside of, I guess, the ones that maybe we talk no, about the no, most? No, sure there are. Those are the ones you're going to talk about the most. But um, I'm trying to think through, you know, Coco's been up. And he just got, what, AAA Utility Player of the yeah. Year. Congratulations, um, Coco. There's one guy that's under the radar. Jimmy Heron played in Albuquerque this year. He's a pro. Jimmy Heron's he my Philly the dude. There's some <laughs> younger guys down there, though, that did some, I, I thought, some really good things. I mean, Bernabel had a tough year. But he was the guy we were talking about, you know, hot last year. He's still there. Um, Warming Bernabel, getting warm, hot? Well, he, he was in, <laughs> get it? He was, get in, it? he was in double A, and I think we're looking for a winter ball opportunity for him. Mm -hmm. um, we've got guys, you know, Benny Montgomery, was his name in there? Um, you know, was he not, was not in the so guys Benny, you can't mention. So, yeah, let's talk about Benny, Benny Montgomery. Montgomery. He's in the fall league right now playing with Sterling. Mm -hmm. and, and Benny has continued to grow and shown development. And some power, that bat's starting to show up a little bit more. The ability to hit the ball around the ballpark. Um, he can run. You know, mm -hmm. he's, a five, he's still a young five-tool player trying to learn the, uh, the challenges that come with 140, not the 150-game schedule next year. Mm -hmm. You know, Romo's name's not in there. That was the guy we were beating the drum for a little bit. Yeah. Had two three-home run games this year. Yes. Um, and I think, you know, we've got Braxton Fulford, another catcher who can swing the bat. Um, so there are men out there that are going to, we're going to continue to, to find opportunities for, to hit. And there's always going to be a couple guys that you may not think, we got some guys going right now that we just drafted in 2023 mm -hmm. that are already showing some long well. Karos, they're showing some good signs. Um, Carrig, another one. So we're going to, we're going to find hitters and we're going to, we're going to grow and develop some hitters. And some of them you're going to see sooner than you think probably. Oh, I love, we love, that's my favorite thing to hear sooner than well, you think. But think about the guys you saw this year. You know, we didn't even see Bouchard till late. Yeah. And he was a very pleasant surprise last year at the end. Mm -hmm. And then showed some things again this year to say, okay, Sean could have a spot. Yeah. And you watch the other guy that ran up there, Hunter Goodman. Hunter Goodman, yeah. Good he was the minor league player of the year. Yeah. Of the year. And then oh. we had, of course, he mentioned Beck, who yes. was the Northwest League player of the year. And then we had the uh, the Cal, I think the Cal League Player of the Year as well. Um, that was Beck. So many. I was gonna say, yeah. We it, had three of them. Um, uh, so many uh, of these minor leaguers getting recognized for what they are doing out there against other minor leaguers, but still incredible. No, they're ours. And, they're, and, but they, and, yeah, these guys are ours. They're, they're making noise and they're, and they're doing good things. So. It's fun to see. Ritter, our shortstop, was mm -hmm. the, the Cal League Player of the Year. University of Kentucky Draft 2022. Um, Good-looking player. So, yeah. you know, the, the areas that we have a surplus in right now is the outfield. We've got some shortstops. We've got some catchers. Mm -hmm. we got some guys. we got some dudes. Dudes. We want dudes. We want dudes. Um, Tiago in the chat saying hello from Brazil. He's a huge fan. So that's good to hear. Um, we got some more questions in here, too. I'll pull one from Twitter. I'll pull one from Twitter because we had a bunch come in on Twitter. And if you can hear a little action. Uh, but we've got a country concert later on in here, by the way. So you might be hearing some sound check. Uh, but Jesse on Twitter wants to know, what is your favorite memory with the Rockies? Well, 
my favorite memory was the was the wild card game yeah. during 163. Um, there was so much that led up to that. And for anybody that has not seen the documentary that AT, uh, that Root Sports put out back in the day yes. called 21 Days, mm-hmm. you've got to just YouTube it. Just YouTube 21 Days Colorado Rockies. It's about an hour and 22 minutes. Mm-hmm. And the forward is done by Ernie Harwell, who was the, the iconic announcer mm-hmm. for the Tigers. I grew up in Michigan, grew up a Tiger fan. We got Ernie to do it. But it tells the story, really, of that season when we got hot late and how we carried it in. Mm-hmm. The wild card game, it gave our city a chance to show off. It gave our fan base a chance to show off. It gave our beautiful stadium a, a chance to show goosebumps off. goosebumps thinking so about this. I, but most, and just as importantly, it gave our players a chance to show off on national stage because, mm-hmm. you know, at that time, we've gotten better with it, but at that time, we were in a time zone that landed for Cotton. Mm-hmm. And we found that out when we moved on and played more in the playoffs because there would be people in my pressers asking me, well, tell us about your team. And I would, I would not sarcastically or cynically, but I said, isn't that kind of your job to, to dig into our team? <laughs> I know a lot about our team, but what do you know about our team? Yeah. Uh, I got asked that in Philly after game one after we beat them. And I actually just told the man that right there. That, and, that I was going to say, that kind of response plays in Philly. Well, it, it, it did. <laughs> But that night, the give and take, you know, they had they, they held PV for that game. They got Hoffman in the bullpen. You know, we got we got the Dragon Slayer. Josh is going out. We got big hits. We got an early lead. They bounce back. They go ahead in the 13th with a two-run homer by Harrison. And that place was so loud all night long. It was so loud through the playoffs. Our fans were incredible. And it, I mean, literally that. You could hear a pin drop. You could hear a freaking pin drop. Oh, my god! It was like, oh. And I just looked down. I looked down in the dugout as he's running around the bases, and I saw some heads drop, which is just normal. But what was more impressive was after the head drop, I saw guys get back up, stand back up, and go back to the rail, kind of like, no, nope, it's not over. It's, it's not over. It, we're not going down that easy. So, fortunately, we brought in Ramon Ortiz, who hadn't pitched in almost like two weeks. He finishes the inning, so it's a two-run lead. We come in, Hoffman warmed up for the seventh or eighth time, whatever it was. <laughs> he goes out to pitch, and I can remember Cockrell, our hitting coach, coming down to me. He goes, Do we, are we going to take a pitch? And I'm like, this dude's too hard to hit with three strikes, man. Tell him be ready to hit first pitch, and let's go. And if you watch you know, as it played out, it was we got a lot of swings off in a short period of time. And the way it played out, it was over in a blink of an eye. And the dog pile, holiday, you know, the blood's still around home plate somewhere. But the guys running on the field to see the celebration, the fan base, you know, the, the presentation of the trophy, that's that's special. That doesn't happen very often. Yeah, no, it does not happen very often. Um I'm uh, while you're telling these stories, I'm just like I'm actually getting goosebumps because I want us to feel that type of energy in Colorado again. We got Tiago again in the chat saying soon everybody will remember the 24 at most 25 season the Rockies will be having. This kind of leads into my next question: What, in terms of the timeline, when do you realistically think the Rockies will appear in the postseason again? When our pitching gets put together and it's, we have the best, the strongest pitching staff we can put together with a combination of some younger guys uh, and, and, and our established guys. We need Herman. We need Senzatella. We mm-hmm. need Freeland. We saw some good things from Gomber this year. You know, Ty Block has done a job. Feltner came back. How about that story in and of itself? 
Yep. But the last two years with the number of guys that we've uh, that we've drafted, some of those guys are going to show up. Um, you know, next year is going to be another year of growth and development up here in my eyes. Yeah. Um, then after that, we need to start turning a corner and we need to, you know, find our way to put a foot down somewhere after that, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Steven in the chat saying we'll be back to Rocktober soon. Uh, when I think of Rocktober, I think of, yeah, those uh, days in 07. What a wild ride. And it just didn't stop. Um, you know, the only thing, truthfully, two things stopped us in the series. Mm -hmm. The eight-day layoff and the Boston Red Sox. They were good, and they were hot. They were really good, <laughs> and they were really hot. Eight days off. I don't really know if anybody could have overcome that, Susie. Mm. Our guys were showing up every day early. They were staying after the games. The momentum that happened from the middle of September, it was traction. It was contagious. It was somebody different every night. I mean, it wasn't a team. We weren't the Blake Street Bombers. We'd score one more run than the other team. Truthfully, we were we were built. Our staples were our pitching and defense. Mm -hmm. We had 10 different starting pitchers the second half of the season that all put something in the pot to make it happen. And the bullpen, fabulous, fantastic. I mean, you talk about Herges. You talk about Athel. You talk about Latroy Walk <laughs> Hawkins. You talk about... <laughs> Fuentes, you talk about Corpus uh, and a few more that were that were out there. Ryan Spire, um, Todd uh, Buckholz. The fact also that we made a change in the closer spot. Two two months to go in the season when mm -hmm. Fuentes, we went on a tough road trip. I think we were four blown saves in the first eight days in a road trip, and put a rookie in as your closer. So I mean, you're looking at a team with a rookie at shortstop, a rookie closing. Two rookies in your starting rotation and Abaldo and Franklin. Mm -hmm. That's not the way you, most people would draw it up coming out of spring training. No, you could not have predicted that from spring training to end of season. That's the beauty of the game that we play, and we all get the opportunity to work in, and fans get an opportunity to cheer for. So, you know, faith plays. And sometimes, again, when it's hardest, that's when it's bestest. Oh, this is why you're my life coach because of nuggets like this. Um, uh, we're going to get back to that topic in just a second. But first, we have to mention our good friends at Bacchus and Shanker. I wrote them a theme song, but Bacchus and Shanker is there to help you when you were seriously injured in an incident that was not your fault. But Bacchus and Shanker has done this for more than 25 years, helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado. Totally free until they win money in your case. No upfront fee to talk to someone about your case. No fee while they work on it. They are... Uh, not going to charge you a dime until they win you money. And they've won more than a billion dollars for their clients here in Colorado. They've got neighborhood offices all over, but they've got more than 30 lawyers, more than 100 staff. They've got a whole crew there to help you out during those moments where you need a little help the most. But they can help with all kinds of injury cases where you weren't at fault. Give them a call at 222-2222. All twos, all day. Find out if you have a case for free because Bacchus and Shanker wins. There we go. And we do have to shout out FOCO. Have you seen the FOCO overalls that all the Philly players are wearing? I have seen them. They're something. I don't have any. 
I, they don't have Rockies ones right now, and it kind of drives me insane. That's the only thing I'll say. Uh, but the overalls are the they're they are the thing right now for the postseason. If you, you do something special, I, I I bet they could come up with your print. I think they should. And the Rockies, we will do something special. Maybe they'll come up with our print. Yeah, they better. But they're Foco's doing a lot though. They've got overalls for all different teams, not just baseball. They've got football ones too. They've started making friendship bracelets, like the Taylor Swift style friendship bracelets they sell those online oh it's a whole thing it's a whole thing but yeah foco we love our friends at foco obviously they uh hook it up for us here with a lot of our set dressing the leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise they've got apparel they've got you know the crazy overalls but they've got they have like actual normal stuff too so great for gifts for everyone something to keep in mind as we get a little closer to the holiday season but FOCO, they have our back as Colorado sports fans. They have your back, too. Check <laughs> the link in the description. You are getting 10% off all non-presale items by using code DNVR. That's 10% off all non-presale items. Check the link in the description of this podcast. So one of those... Uh, um, uh, moments that sticks out from the 07 World Series is that big, long break. And uh, we're kind of seeing breaks almost as long as that built in to the new postseason lay layout with all these teams getting the bye. Have you noticed? Have you noticed that, uh, like, when you're watching these postseason games, you're like, oh, wow, like, the Atlanta Braves have really had a lot of days off. I hope it goes okay for them. <laughs> well, you can't have it both ways, you know? Mm. And I was I was involved in three wild card games when it was one and done. You love a wild card game. Only when you win do you love a wild card game. <laughs> it is such an abrupt abrupt halt to your season when you lose. We won in thirteen. We had the blackout game in Pittsburgh. It was iconic. Uh, it was historic. And then fourteen and fifteen, we lost. We lost to the Giants in fourteen when Bumgarner went on his historic postseason run pitching. Then we lost to Arietta in 15 in the Cubs, two guys that went on to win the Cy Young. Yeah. So, you know, Tough everybody breaks. says you can't have one game, so you have three. Well, if you're going to have three, that pushes the next series back. And truthfully, you can't have it both ways. So the Braves, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world to have, what will it be, five days? I think five? it's, yeah, about five days off. And I'm, I only use them as an org, uh, no, but, as an example. But they're, they're all, the, all yeah. the same. So Baltimore, I mean, Baltimore, they're playing what, tonight? Uh, no one right. plays until tomorrow. Right. So it's, it's the same for everybody. So I, we'll see. We'll see who can maintain traction and who doesn't. But usually the traction, more often than not, it's going to start with your starting pitcher. Mm -hmm. You know, the effort you get off the mound there, the quality of his pitching, the ability to locate, change all that stuff. And then if your starter doesn't get off good, you got to draw one up in the dirt. you got to go your bullpen to hold and your offense to show up. But that's the way we're playing the game now. It's kept more teams involved. It's kept more fan bases involved. Look at the attendance this year. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of different reasons for it, but people are coming out watching. So it is what it is. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking of attendance, I think one of the reasons attendance is up is because a lot of teams are playing in stadiums that they haven't played in in years in this new schedule where every team plays everyone. What were your initial thoughts uh, when MLB decided to change it up this much? Well, I do think it levels the playing field to some degree because every year you can hunt and find three divisions that are monsters. Mm -hmm. You know, in 2015, I want to say the Cardinals won 100 
We won 101, whatever it was. We won 98. The Cubs won 97. I mean, come on. <laughs> in, in one division. Crazy. And you play each other 19 times. So how fair is that for somebody else? Mm-hmm. And then there's been some divisions that aren't very strong. Mm-hmm. You know, the Central in the National League. You know, I think it was uh, the Central in the National League this year didn't have a very strong showing. The Central in the American League didn't have a very strong so, no. so if you're a good team there and you get to play the other teams 19 times, it kind of really works for your benefit. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a good move to level the playing field. Um, and I think that probably did help fan base. You get to see guys you've never seen play. Yeah. And I think the players always, at least in my experience, players always like going somewhere new and seeing players that they hadn't competed against before. So mm-hmm. definitely I think it helped. How long did it take you to get to every major league ballpark? I didn't put a timeline on it. It took a while, um, but I pulled it off. I was going to say, because now, guys, like if you play two full seasons in the majors, you got it. You pretty much got it. It took me a lot longer than that. Yeah. Um, Not everyone packs their car up and drives to all of them in six months like I did. Well, you know what? There's probably more of you than you know there are out there that have done it. You know what? It's a crazy thing to do. I'm not saying it's a do. billion, but, but, but a lot of people. There's a couple. You'll talk to them, yeah. Um, and what a way to do it. It's just better for the game. Uh, it's better. The fan base, you know, the one thing I've always believed in, you got to feed the fans. Mm-hmm. And I mean that in, a, in an honoring way. you get, got to take care of the fans. Um, at the end of the day, you know, they are your, your cartilage. <laughs> you know, that holds the whole thing together. Yeah. And you look at a team, you know, our team, I think this is the second highest attendance ever for a team that lost 100 games this year was in Denver. I mean, our fans are fantastic. Our fans yeah. are fantastic. And... I can tell you that the people in the clubhouse and the people in the organization, they want to put a product out there that make the fans proud again. They want to get a team out there that wins ball games again. Um, and we believe we're going to do it. Yeah. I, I Listen, I mean, I, I see it too. Like, I mean, I walk into that clubhouse after – I walked into that clubhouse after so many losses this season. Those guys are not happy. No. I mean, no one's happy to lose, but, like, they're not having a good time no. day in and day out like that. No, I mean, you're built a certain way. I mean, there's a scoreboard for a reason. <laughs> and nobody wakes up in the morning and, and you know, thinks I'm going to show up. I just want to – I hope I suck tonight. <laughs> hope no I one punch says out that. three times and roll into a double play with the bases loaded. I hope that happens to me tonight. Yeah. You know, I can remember telling Dan, you know, we had some hard times. I said, Dan, do you wake up in the morning trying to come in? Oh, I'm going to make a couple moves today. They're going to submarine the ball club. Clint, I wake up, and, you know, I'm going to make a couple pitching moves. They're just going to guarantee us going to lose tonight. No one does no, that. No, it, it happens, but that's not that's not the you know it's not the way you draw it up. No, no one draws it up that way. Um, all right, we got some great great comments in here, guys. Thank you so much for everyone who's in here right now. Um, we have jo- oh hi Joe. Um, uh, Joe says the lab originated in the Topes' first season with the Marlins, right? Yes, when they were the Marlins affiliate, players realized the Sandia Labs were close by, so they started calling our park the Lab. No, that's a good get and true. I actually know the owner uh, moved the team from Tidewater, where I manage, in Norfolk, the Norfolk Tides, Mm -hmm. um, moved to Albuquerque, bought the franchise. John Traub is still the general manager there. We played exhibition games there to open that thing up way back in the day. It's a great park. It is a great park. Great park, yeah. The Trobs are doing a great job with it. Still in good hands. Oh, yeah. Still in great hands. Uh, So many great... Great comments. Let's see. Um, Steven says we'll be back to our October soon. Um, Tiago says nicest hair from all of the MLB ever. That's you. 
You still got it. It's all about the product. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I was laughing because you looked at the picture that you showed up when we came on, 2007. Yeah. I had much darker hair. See? But you still have the much same dark, amount of hair. There it is. There yeah. it is. Good get back there, girl. Go. You still look the same. Yeah. Just your hair's a little lighter. I've earned them. I, you, that's what I stick with. Yes, you I've have. Earned I've earned them. You definitely have. Um, Will in the chat, Clint, the 2006 team had five starting pitchers make 27 starch starts which led into the 2007 year how far away are the rockies from that or can that help from a rockies rotation get there again it can get there again believe that with all our heart all my heart i believe that mm -hmm. um it's health um and i believe that you know we're on the mend with with three of our guys um that have shown the ability to post up and go 30. Mm -hmm. uh, or, or more, 27 plus, those numbers, they're strong. You need, you know, the game's pivoted a lot of different directions. Um, sustainability, though, the starting pitcher, you know, there's always going to be the argument for a third time through the lineup, get them out. Well, what we're trying to do down below is encourage our, our pitchers to have the weapons and the know-how and the knowledge and with a, with a catcher helping them to, to navigate a lineup three times. That's the goal. Yeah. It's not just to say, okay, we get through two and our job is finished. The beauty of the game of baseball, it always plays out better for everybody involved when your starters give you the innings that you need so you can use your bullpen when you want to, not when you have to. Ooh, I like that. So, and we had to use our bullpen probably way more often than we wanted to this year. Mm -hmm. You know, and some of those guys posted up from start to finish. I mean, Birdman went start to finish. So he had so many appearances. I think more appearances than any National League pitcher out of a bullpen. But you look at the job, and Lawrence learned so much. There mm -hmm. was so much value to his season. Um, so much to Jake's. Uh, and, and there's another handful of guys out there that got called up late, you know, Gavin, uh, you know. A lot of the relievers, again, I, I used it before, the sweat equity they built up. You mm -hmm. know, hard innings this year can turn into, you know, better innings next year, and then the best innings the year after, you're hoping, mm -hmm. as, as they learn uh, their strengths and, and they learn the batter's weaknesses and they're able to pitch to those strengths. And then, you know, there's nothing more, there's nothing more resilient than a pitcher not having his A stuff and still find a way to get outs. And the men that he talked about, you know, in that 2006 season, whether it was Cook, uh, I believe Jason Jennings, it might have been John Thompson. I know the, the three right off the top of my head, they showed the ability to be able to go out there without their best game um, and get things done. One of the nice things we're also doing in the organization, our player development side, is Bill Schmidt has used an incredible networking opportunity. We're bringing back our guys. We brought back Barbas. We're bringing back Tori Abel. We brought back Hop. We brought back Cook. There's others that are coming back. We're going to try and get Corpus back. Uh, De La Rosa's been back. Helton has worked with me in the minor leagues and making the trips to work with the hitters. So we're using those guys that all found some success in their own ways to help out and share those experiences. Yeah. Um, uh, hold on. I have a question about um, uh, Helton real fast. When does he get into the Hall of Fame? Next January. Yeah. I Next agree. January. This is a great podcast where everyone agrees on everything. <laughs> Next January, it, it, it should happen. How and big will that be for the Rockies organization to have a lifer Rockies guy well, in the Hall of Fame? Well, it's another notch, but I mean, it's pretty cool having Larry <laughs> Walker. 
Walker. <laughs> you know, and the fact that Walk wanted to walk in with the Rockies hat. Yes, I love that. Uh, you got to love that. I mean, one of the most gifted players to ever play the game and knowledgeable. And, you know, and then you got Helton. Two guys that put up numbers, and they put them up probably in different ways. You know, Helton would rather give up a small body part than give away an at-bat. And the defense he brought to the game as well, uh, gold glove stuff. Mm -hmm. Those two, to have one here and one there in the Hall of Fame, you know, that's two really good starting spots. That's a great place to start. Do you think that opens it up to it maybe could. players in Colorado starting to get attention that they deserve? Because it's so hard. We we see this all the time. Pitchers don't quite have the numbers that C-level pitchers have, so they don't get the recognition. Batters don't get the recognition because of the course field effect. How frustrating is it for you to see that talented players that we have don't quite get as much national attention as they would from another Well, they don't. Team, I think yeah. Larry, Larry said it best. You know, Larry said, you know, playing at Coors Field, that was my ped problem. <laughs> my performance-enhancing drug problem, <laughs> playing at Coors Field, is what the view from the public. Yeah. And, and probably some sports writers is too, you know, mm -hmm. the voters. I would take, to look for that from the hitter, you look at the road splits. Of course, it's longevity too. It's not three yeah. or four years. There's got to be a span of years, seven, eight sweet years in there that they perform at a high at the highest of levels um helton did that you look at helton's 2000 season you look at his war numbers you look at his road splits compared to other first basemen you look at larry's numbers finally all added up the right way for people to acknowledge and to honor and get him in very well deserved um helton's very well deserved and we'll see what happens after that yeah i love it um uh, you know who did get a lot of attention nolan jones on a scale of one to ten, how much of a steal was he to get from Cleveland? <laughs> right now, it's a ten. <laughs> it's a ten right now. The kid they got was a good player, and yeah. they love having the kid they got. Reed, mm -hmm. he's a good player, and we'll see what happens there. We, we well, we, we traded younger for older for a reason. Mm -hmm. We were looking for somebody we felt could make an impact. Very good trade for Bill Schmidt and his group up there. I know Zach Rosenthal and the, you know the R&D department um, to dig into a guy that had had some. Numbers to yeah. look at, some numbers that would excite you um, without a lot of big league playing time and a lot of production at the major league level. A good kid. Tried so hard in spring training that it was, may have been overwhelming at times. Went down, though, didn't blink, man. Just went to work. Mm -hmm. Rolled his sleeves up, went to work. Got busy with it. He also has, he's got leadership in him. He's, he's a guy that can do something and people are following him to do it. Um, he did it with his legs. He did it with his his arm. He did it with you know the glove. Learning a new position, stealing bases for the first time. Left on, left at bats were impactful this year, as well as just the damage he did in his right hand. Mm -hmm. Just a very good player for us to one of many that was up there this year between him and Doyle. Goodman's short look, the season Tovar had, very solid stuff for our young players. Very yeah. solid season. Yeah, the future is bright. I mean, these are the guys that we always, um, uh, you know, love to make sure that Rockies fans know these names because these are this could be the core that's going to bring the Rockies back to the postseason, right? Absolutely. And, you know, the days in the, the Blake Street Bombers, it was an offensive team. It was crazy good offensive. They had struggled on the road. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can look at the information. But we'd send four or five guys to the All-Star game, but we'd finish in third or fourth place. Mm. And we need to – that's why it all starts on the mound. I mean, we've got to own the mound. Uh, we're going to find position players. We're going to draft and develop position players. 
it's never too much of a challenge to get a player to want to come here that's maybe on the margins. Um, they'll always say they want to come to a winner, um, but there's other things that can attract them and they think somebody's going to win. And when you start looking around, the, look how much quicker we are defensively. Look how much better we are de defensively on the field. Look how much more athletic we are on the field. Look how much more speed we've brought into the game that we didn't have. So mm -hmm. we're moving in the right direction. Yeah, we've got some fast guys. We do. We like to call them leggy guys. Leggy guys. We got some. Because they move so fast. We got some. I get it. Yeah. We got do you think Brett and Doyle, speaking of leggy guys, guys who are fast on those bases, once Brett and Doyle gets on base, he's unstoppable. He's having a little trouble getting onto base, but I feel like we've seen a little bit of improvement here at the you know at the tail end of the season. We did, I think, from you know mid-August, early September. Um, he's still finding his way. Mm -hmm. He's a kid that you know he went to Shepherd College. I mean, the, the quality of the play that in college wasn't Division One, and then in the minor leagues, you know, he made his way. He did some things, but he moved pretty quickly through the organization as well. So he had to learn some lessons up here. It's a tough place to learn how to hit. Yeah. Up here at the big leagues. And the fight that he showed, uh, he never took his bat out to center field. You know, that thing's got a chance of showing up gold here sooner than later. Uh, the ability to get on base and make things happen. Uh, the speed is game-changing speed. You saw it the last play of the season. Yeah. You know, running the third pass ball, there's no play at the plate. It's a done deal. Yeah. Um, his athleticism screams. Sometimes you think, I think Tarzan's playing center field the way he's running around out there. <laughs> Good kid, wants to learn. Very humble, very soft-spoken, doesn't talk a lot. What a good combination. You put him and Nolan together <laughs> because, you know, when you match them up, there may not be a whole lot. The skill sets match up a little bit. The personalities, maybe not so much. The personalities they, are very different. They bring out the best of each other, though, when they're together, and that's mm -hmm. what you're looking for in a team. Then you throw in Tovar. And a guy that you didn't get to know as well as the other, Hunter Goodman, special cat. Hunter he Goodman, can swing. I'm so happy he he, he made it up here for the uh, you know for the last weeks of the season because he's been a joy to watch. He's done nothing but damage through our minor league system for two complete years. Yeah, <laughs> the future's bright. Would you say that? It's gonna get bright, and it's gonna get brighter. We just gotta go. We gotta pitch it. We gotta we gotta keep finding ways to. <laughs> You know, we are building a lab in 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 Scottsdale, mm -hmm. a pitching and hitting lab onto our our uh, our cages, and that with the hopes of of getting our guys more creatively involved with one another, spending more time there working together. Because you know, a lot of them when they go out and they go to these different places in the off season, that's fine, that's good for them. But you really don't know what's going on sometimes. Are they doing what's best for them? Are they doing what's best advice they're getting from somebody else? And that's not to really monitor them it's given them something they can believe in together that we're there to help them mm -hmm. and they don't have to pay for it yeah you know they'd come to our place and, and they'd be there together whether it's in a hitting end developing a swing with brenton doyle would be a guy mm -hmm. whether it's on the pitching end to get some of our guys in there to, to work on some things as well so that's another step forward we've made in the art research and development program to put that lab in which should be up and running by next spring training Oh, so we'll get to see the, the Scottsdale lab yes. this coming spring training. I believe so. That is really fun. Um, is there any like specific tech that's involved in that? that we've got is all the tech. It's dripping with tech. Dripping with tech, ladies and gentlemen. Dripping with tech. <laughs> but all the things that the guys are going for. And then, because you know what? When we draft pitchers now, we're drafting a different kind of cat. I mean, they've been involved and they know what their spend numbers are. You know, they know what their movement numbers are. They know... From Driveline, from Trackman, from Rapsodo, from KVest, they've all probably had all these different uh, measuring, you know, performance testing 
things done and the, and the ones they've gravitate to. We need to have those there available for them. Yeah. Do you think that having young pitchers before they even get into an organization, having all those numbers, those stats about themselves, could that be overwhelming? Well, yes, it could be. Um, you know, sometimes I do think we've had some players that are drinking from a fire hose. Back in the day, <laughs> we used to drink from a fire hose or the hose out back, you know? And you hit that water, a lot of it's coming out, not all of it got in your mouth. It ended up on your shirt, you all over. Yeah. It's finding out and helping them really understand themselves, what kind of pitcher they are. Do they need to pitch up in the zone? Are they best suited pitching down? How about east and west? How about north and south? What spins play to their strengths? Um, it's helping them find their way and then finding that dynamic and then putting in play where they can repeat their delivery to get it out of their hand clean and crisp every time where it's not maximum effort every pitch because mm -hmm. I think that's one of the things that we've pointed to and seen to find Tommy John surgeries are an all-time high and they're probably going to continue to go up for the next few years until we can find a better rhythm and balance for some of these young guys. What are they chasing? They chase what they get paid for. They're chasing velo. They're chasing spin, right? Mm. So we got to find a better way to introduce them to what's important. It goes back to sustainability in a lot of cases. You want to pitch for three years? You want to try and pitch for seven. Well, I need to get there. And to get there, I need to do Yeah, you need to do this and this. We need to do it and sustain it, though, because that's going to your dependability is going to be one of your greatest abilities as you get through the minor league system and in the big leagues when your teammates know they can count upon you. I love that. I love that. I know um, a, a big conversation. There have been so many pitcher injuries, especially this season, especially for us. Gosh, we know better than anyone. But do you think um, do you think it's do you think the pitch clock plays into any of that? Do you think it's like thrown off rhythms? But a lot of these minor leaguers have already been dealing with the pitch clock. Or do you think it is like guys chasing what pays? I can't say that it's not. I'm not a pitcher. I think there's mm -hmm. there's some that it's no, never mind. Aaron Cook never would have needed a pitch clock back in the day. <laughs> I don't think J.J. Jennings would have needed a pitch clock back in the day. Fog, I mean, there's pitchers that don't need it. There's pitchers that, you know, there's some guys you kept thinking they're waiting for players to disappear off the bases. Like there's a <laughs> trap door they're going to find by walking around on the grass. You need to stay on the dirt to get outs. And you need to throw the ball to get outs. Sometimes a pickoff plate, like the other night, and, you know, it works really well. The one yeah. in Minnesota worked really well. Mm -hmm. But you got to make pitches to get outs. So could it play in? Yes, it could, but there's ways I think that we can work with it. How much better has the game been from your vantage point? Oh, I'm a big fan. I was huge kinda, fan. I wanted to be the grumpy old guy when all of it started. And you know, what do they say? You're yelling at the clouds, old man. And then I said, you know what? I need to shut up and watch it play out. The only one I still don't, I, I'm still not a fan of is the Ghost Runner. Oh, no, no. I don't, none I, of us I can't like the, do ghost the Ghost Runner. runner. I'd like to see the Ghost Runner about the 12th inning. Yeah. Then I'm good. Once we get into like actual double digits, but like the, deep the, into and the them. the game that tipped me off, the, that I jumped off the bridge on, you know, threatening to jump off the whole time, it was when the Yankees got no hit through nine innings <laughs> and then a tenth inning, bang, guy at second base. Here we go. You can win the game right now with your first hit. So that part yeah, of that's it. But frustrating. Thing, we're playing better defense around the league. Our pitches are working quicker, more efficient, I believe, around the league. The games are more fun. Athleticism has come back into play. We are stealing more bases, and I do think the size of the pizza boxes that we got out there on the field now, yes. I think they're helping a little bit. But the athleticism of the fielders is playing more importantly now where you can't just load up one side of the infield. And it goes to show you some of these hitters we talked about that the shift, oh, it'll open them back up. You know, some of them hit – with lower averages this year, Carpenter and and you know yeah. and Gallo, the two guys that you know were big conversations about. And I saw the Matt Carpenter guys. when he hit 
In St. Louis, when he was hitting 300, it wasn't dead red pull. He showed the ability to hit it at least to center, maybe left to center. So I don't know what's happened with that, but I do know when we pay people for OPS, OPS is in the air, Susie, you know that. <laughs> They're going to find a way to get that thing in the air. Mm-hmm. And the more, the better in their mind, because that means I'm going to get paid. Yeah. We love when guys get paid. Guys love it when guys get paid. Uh, we got to get paid by Illegal Pete's real fast. Shout out to them. Um, every time I talk about Illegal Pete's, I want to go down the street to that amazing Colfax location and get some Illegal Pete's because it's one of my favorite foods. I genuinely did eat Illegal Pete's like six days in a row last week. It was uh, actually fantastic. But they have they have a new thing. They have a new thing. It's called the Queso Pen. It is a weed pen, but they... Uh, collabed with Open, both old school Denver brands, but they made a, they were trying to make a queso uh, infused with cannabis. They landed on this instead. It's a pen that complements an illegal Pete's queso. So you can grab that, um, uh, check the link in our bio. Pairs really well with illegal Pete's, but customers who purchase a cartridge can bring in the box to an illegal Pete's location and get a full, a Free small chip and queso so you can try it out for yourself. Shout out to Illegal Pete's, our good friends down the street. Uh, let's talk World Series before I let you depart here. But who who you got in the World Series? You know, I don't got. Because uh-huh. um, I sometimes feel like the team I pick is not going to win. Um, I picked us in 07. I picked the Rangers in 2010. I picked the Royals in 1980. Small group of people have been to the World Series three times as, as a player, <laughs> coach, and manager. I'm one of them, small group. Smaller group, that same group that's lost all three times they've been <laughs> to the World Series. So, you know, I say I like the Orioles. I got friends in all these different places. That's mm-hmm. the hard part. I got mm. friends in Minnesota. Thad Levine, a former Rocky front office guy, you know, he's helped running that ship. Uh, Rocco Baldelli, I know well. The Baltimore thing, Freddie Gonzalez is a good friend of mine, managed a lot of big league clubs. Brandon Hyde, I, I knew when he was the bench coach for for man in Chicago, but all over the place. The Dodgers, Davey Rock, Bannister, my bench coach in Pittsburgh with the Diamonds. For the sake of the game, some new stuff. I want to see a Baltimore Diamondback World Series. Oh, that is a juicy take. TV ratings probably not at the top of their list. We want the big boys. We always want the big boys. Yeah, we of always course. Do. But that's boring to us actual baseball fans. Uh, but you know what? At the end of the day, the teams that get there are going to be the teams that earn their way there. They deserve it. And They'll it's going to be it. good. And, don't, you know, the Dodgers, they just keep showing up, don't they? They do. They keep finding, How about the Braves? How are they kind of good? They're kind of good. Whatever they're doing, we need to steal that playbook. Right? You know, we've well, talked about that. And the only team in Major League Baseball that their entire coaching staff has major league playing experience. Not the manager, not Snit. Mm-hmm. Lifelong minor leaguer, good man, good baseball man, and lifetime brave, but the entire coaching staff has major league playing experience. That's big. In some places, in some places, yeah. other, not so much. Not so, yeah. <laughs> well, for them, clearly it's working. Yeah, it's working. <laughs> for them, it's really clearly big. You know, they've really, definitely got really a couple good of good uh, arms in the bullpen that we know. And the trades they've made. If you'll dig into their trades the last few years, mm-hmm. in the rotation, some of the players, that's for me, that's where they've done a lot of their winning. Yeah. They've just they've picked the pocket of some people. They've picked pockets. Do you think, did they pick our pockets when uh, they got Brad Hand and Pierce Johnson? You know, I don't, 
I don't think they picked our pockets. Those guys, I saw a tweet earlier today that wanted to ask about Albright, Barger, mm-hmm. Karos, and uh, there was one more. Um, Barger, Albright, Karos, maybe Madden. Uh, the guys we got from Atlanta, we, the Angels, two of them are from the Angels that we got. We like them, man. We like them a lot. The guy we got from yeah. the Braves, Barger, we like a lot. And Karos, the kid from UCLA, we got him at third base. Swinging the bat, I watched him in the instruction league. I knew his dad, watched his dad play. Um, which doesn't mean the kid's going to be able to, the kid's shown he can play and the kid's shown he can hit. Um, but I mentioned his name, I mentioned Kerrigs, and I mentioned Longwell, some of the position players we got. Mm-hmm. Um, we're getting better. We're working hard. We don't have time to have just another day. No. we got to show up every day and get something done, get a little bit better somewhere. I love this. I love this. Um, uh, I'll, let's see. if I'm going to check. I'm going to do one last check for questions. Thank you guys, everyone, though, who has been in the chat this whole time. Uh, I'm enjoying this. Are you enjoying this? Are you having fun? I'm enjoying it. It's a little bit of a grill sesh, but... We're okay. I think we're good. I used to have those a lot, those grill sessions. <laughs> for, I would say for grill sessions, this is probably... The only thing that's not fair in baseball is the manager has to work with the press twice a day. That's the only thing that's not fair. Twice a day. Right? I mean, Pre-presser, like, post-presser. I mean, listen, we love talking to Bud Black, uh, so... I, no, I get it. But think about the other sports. Yeah. The opportunity the media has with a baseball manager, a major league baseball manager, is very unique. Baseball has incredible access, which I love. But also, I feel like we put in a little extra work. I think it's a little harder to cover baseball than oh, yeah, the any, games, anyone the else. travel, everything. There's no doubt. Yeah. I agree 100%. So many games. So many games. Um, let's see. Oh, you know what? I do have a question from Brian. This might have been a little tongue-in-cheek, but Brian on Twitter asked, is Clint taking questions? Can you ask him his opinion on our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? But I know your faith is very important to you. It's important to me. Um, How has your faith um, gotten you to where you are right now? It's been the glue. I mean, I I was saved at 17. You know, that's when I first claimed Jesus as my Savior and Lord. And I used... I used Jesus as an ATM card for 23 years. Get some when I need some. Everything's going good. Let me back in charge. I got this now. I mean, I I put myself through a lot of hardship um, until I completely rededicated my life to Christ at the age of 40-something. And so, yes, absolutely 100%. I don't become a major league manager if I don't get, if I don't, for me, if I don't rededicate my life to Christ and I don't get sober. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a walking book. You know, the one thing and I've shared with everybody, it got sober as a Rocky, um, 24 years of sobriety. So the combination of that, well, thank you. But the combination of those two things, you know, they both play for me. They play big. One of me is enough in anything. And I need to be the best version of me and being sober and then letting Christ kind of drive my, drive my car mm-hmm. and just that, that really puts me in the best position to be, to be the best me. There's so many things that would not have happened if I didn't figure that out and and do that. So, yeah. Well, that's beautiful. It's real. Yeah. It's real. Because I if all we you. got here, hey, Susie, if all we got here is this life on earth, it's tough down here every now and then, isn't it? Yeah. Got, <laughs> a little bit. I, little be- bit. I, I believe with all my heart there's better. Yeah. yeah I'm looking to better. That was beautiful. Thank that you. was so beautiful. All right. Um, uh, so, so you've Brian. got a busy you've got a busy weekend. Yeah, but Brian, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yes, he tweeted that one to us. Um uh, Nathan is saying so inspirational. You are an inspiration. That's why I always say you're my life coach. You are so good about sharing 
just little tidbits that inspire me every single day. Well, you fall into a group that's very unique to me right now. And it started with Emily Glass, who now works for the Rockies. I met Emily when she was working with the Marlins. Hmm. But there's five younger women out there right now that I stay in contact with. Melanie Newman with the Orioles. Mm -hmm. So proud of her. She's incredible. Jessica Kleinsmith with the A's. Also okay? incredible. Danny Wexelman. You. Yes. Kristen Hudek, who used to be with the, with the Orioles. Yeah. And you know what? The first girl that I met that was that I knew of that was going to go do some some baseball stuff, her name was Susie Cool. She was a ball girl in Pittsburgh. Yes. And then she worked for the AA team, may have been the Orioles. She actually did some on-air broadcasting when they put a first female group of reporters That here. was her and Melanie in the but booth together. But then I've Alana Rizzo, yeah. Heidi Watney. I mean, the list goes on and on. And, and I think it's so cool because... You know, there was a time I was probably in that space. That, do we really need women in, in our space in baseball? No, I'm, I'm just being transparent. Yeah. And what I've come to learn over the year, I appreciate the lens you all have. You see things I don't see in the game. That helps me. And especially now that I'm working with these younger kids. Gosh, they're my grandkids. You know, they could be my grandkids. Yeah. But, but Ashley shares wisdom with me and all of you in that little group chat sometimes that we yeah. have together. I'm thankful and grateful for you. I'm proud of you. Oh. And and you are inspiration for all the other young young ladies out there that are working to get a chance to, to make something happen. And is, is it Audra Martin in in, uh, in Minnesota? Audra. She's is she in Minnesota or is she in Atlanta? She went to Houston for the game. Okay. So no, she must be in Minnesota. Yeah. But I watched her put a thing together today from a little girl, fast pitch softball up through college, and, and now she's doing her thing. I mean. Yeah. Oh, I did see that. Yeah. You guys. I just watched you that guys on Instagram. Are, 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 are trailblazing and well done. Continue. Listen, we're trying. We're trying. Women belong in sports. We love it. I talked to. Um, I'd asked Susan Slusser, who covers the uh, the Giants for the uh, San Francisco Chronicle, but um, you know she's been in the business for a long time. And I remember this will like always stick out to me. But I asked her just how it is, how it's different for women in this field now versus when she was just starting out. She was like, oh, there were like so few of us that we saw each other as competition. So that's why it was catty. But it's not like that anymore because there are just more women. You don't need to have just one token woman. You can have so many women. I think we're so blessed in the Rockies organization, around the Rockies organization, so many women working in sports. But look what Kelsa's done. She started with the Braves. Now she's yeah. here with us. Janie McCauley's a writer out in the Bay Area that I've known for years mm -hmm. and one of my closest friends. And, yeah, it's cool. We need to be inclusive. We need to open our eyes and, most importantly, our ears. Mm -hmm. Because one thing I have learned, when I talk, I don't learn. Ooh, I only learn when I read, or watch, or I listen. Mm -hmm. And the perspective I've got from my wife, Carla, for 23 years, and this is for Brian. Brian, 23 years married this time. Third time was a charm, but 23 years married, 24 years sober. If you work those math problems out right there, you think one of them helped the other one? Mm, Probably yeah, a whole lot. Probably. But what I've learned from Carla, what I've learned from Ashley, and what my daughter, Maddie, has taught me, you know, a girl that's grown up, had to do some hard sledding of her own, born with a birth defect. And as we talked about, she's going to be swimming in the Special Olympic State Finals. Maddie teaches me lessons. So we need to get out of that space where I can only learn from X, or I can only learn from Y. Mm -hmm. If you open your eyes, you open your ears, there's a lot of different things we can learn. Incredible.
I think we have to close on that. Okay. Um, but also, good luck to Maddie at the state finals. Um, good luck to you at your other event that you're doing in Denver. And good Thank luck you. taking care of our young up-and-coming Rockies. Thank you. I appreciate your time so much. And we're going to wait for that day where Christian's going to make some He's going to, yes, he's going to come in and make some pastries. I'm a big pastry girly. Good. I'm a croissant girly. Very nice. So, Those are his favorites. I'll Chocolate? Put it, Chocolate oh, croissants is mm -hmm. favorite. Yep. All right. Sign me up, please. All right. <laughs> Clint, thank you so much. Um, anything you need to plug while you're here? You know, there is a couple things because Christian and, and really Ashley, the reason I got on, on Twitter, mm -hmm. and I can't even tell you my Twitter handle. I mean, I'd have to look it up. It's, but um, I can't either. That. But I put out a daily <laughs> yeah. email. And it's got one's faith-based and one's just encouragement. It's clenthurdle.com. Mm -hmm. It's free. It's, it's man-proof because I could figure it out. So clenthurdle.com, free and easy, six days a week. And then the Twitter it's, handle, uh, it's, or X, excuse it, me. You can still call it Twitter here. This is a safe space. Uh, your Twitter handle is clenthurdle13. That's so Clint Hurdle that I don't know my own, my um, own deal. You know what? I will say, uh, don't beat yourself up over it because every time I ask Tiff over here what her... Tiff, you got nothing? She, I, I don't remember. She forgets her Twitter <laughs> handle all every the time. time. <clears throat> so does our other producer, one of our other producers, Yahir. Cannot remember his Twitter handle. Um, so it's the young Gen Z kids too, okay. not just you. And then IG. IG. Clint.Hurdle13. Perfect. Bam. Yeah. Inspiration every just day. Trying to just trying to lighten the load. Listen, we all got some load that I, right. we need lightened. Lighten the load. I love it. Thank you so much for your time. Thank I you. appreciate it. Guys, you can follow along. We're going to be live tweeting all of the postseason madness tomorrow through the weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun. Follow us at DNVR underscore Rockies. You can follow me at the Susie Hunter on all platforms. Um, and Clint, you know what uh, we like to say about closing out a ball? Closing out a a podcast. <laughs> Do you know what we like to say here? That's all, folks? <laughs> no, that's baseball. <laughs> no, um, uh, that is baseball, and that is how you close out a podcast. We will talk to you guys Monday at noon here on the DNVR Sports YouTube channel. See you then. We all silly like the mayor.